Hey, welcome to the Dad's Guide to Parenting. My name is Case. I share from my experiences of being a dad, the good, the bad, everything in between. So whether you're a mom, a dad, a grandparent, or just somebody who is helping to raise a kid, I hope that this is a help or an encouragement to you as you do that. So thanks for joining us. All right, what's up? Welcome to the Dad's Guide to Parenting. You already heard the intro, so I won't do that again. I am going to go through a blog that I wrote March 17th. It got published on StelloFellow.com, which is how I got to the Dad's Guide to Parenting podcast. Stello Fellow is still a podcast. It's an interview and a whatever I want to talk about podcast and blog. But the, the family part was birthed out of that effort or endeavor. And so I, I would, if I was just talking myself, I would pull up a blog that I had written, read through it, and then talk about it as I went using that as an outline. So I'm going to do that again today because I really, I really do like this one as if I don't like the things that I write and publish, but uh, it titled Son, It's Okay to Fight. So I'm going to start reading. It feels like we live in a time where certain things or when certain things have been lost. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sure feels like it. Uh, if you watch football this last season, there was a, so this isn't last season, but it's, this is, I guess, two seasons ago, maybe three seasons ago. I don't remember what year this happened. There's a Thursday night game between the Browns and the Steelers. I didn't watch it. I just saw the news highlights, the clips and all that kind of stuff. There was a fight that broke out on the last play of the game and three players got ejected. One eventually got suspended indefinitely, went through a process, was then reinstated. That's Miles Garrett, the defensive end for the Browns, who was a number one pick, I think, four years ago and a face of that franchise. So you've got Miles Garrett and then uh, Baker Mayfield, who was drafted number one as well the next season. So they've got a couple number one guys who are the faces. Garrett is defensive face. And then uh, obviously Baker is the one that does the commercials and in the Browns dog pound is his home, which is funny. I don't know if you're like, I'm a Baker fan. Just I like OU football. I like Baker. Uh, I've always liked his attitude. Doesn't matter. So this particular fight happens and see if you watch the video, you will see one player hit another player during the actual play. And then after the whistle blows, when it's supposed to stop, said player who was hit begins to try and rip off the helmet of the defender that hit him. He's a quarterback who decided to mix it up with a D lineman. And I don't remember uh, his name is Mason Rudolph. And uh, not just any D lineman, but the one who's considered obviously a star and dude is a franchise player. Just incredible. The point is, there was a little guy that tried to mix it up with a big guy, which led to little guy just getting owned in in that fight, which happens. You know, not always. There's some little guys that can really <laughs> throw some punches, but the, in this case, that's not what happened. Now, the actions that followed when the defender then ripped off the quarterback's helmet. If you see it, Miles Garrett ends up ripping off Mason Rudolph's helmet and then proceeds to try to hit him with it. And and in the videos, there's a glancing blow. And the point is, let's see, then I'm going to pick up and read again. Now that now the actions that followed when the defender then ripped off the quarterback's helmet and decided to hit him in the head with his helmet seems somewhat excessive in the reason he, he was suspended indefinitely by the NFL. I don't argue here. I wrote, I don't argue that the wrongness of the man's actions nor the punishment that's been handed down at the same time, there are now reports coming out about what may have provoked uh, him to act as if he did. That wasn't a consistent thing. Like he's, he doesn't act that way. That was completely out of character. It had never happened before and it hasn't happened again since. And 
at the same time, I think the majority of adults would agree that using someone's helmet as a weapon against them and then proceeding to hit them in the head with it is not only uncalled for, but dangerous and has no place in place in the arena sports anywhere else for that matter. This was not a matter of life and death or life or death and was simply in the heat of the moment where tempers were flaring. And then the stronger man in the fight happened to be the one that was able to express his frustrations in a more visual sense because he's stronger. At the same time, uh, we were all losing our minds over the issue because it was an act of violence in a public setting. Okay, that all being said, like here, so here we are in the cultural climate that we live in. Here's an event that takes place and everybody loses their freaking minds over the whole thing because, oh my gosh, like what could have happened? I'm not arguing that it wasn't dangerous. I'm not arguing that it was like I even said that, like, I'm not saying that there's a place for that in sports. I'm not advocating for that. And I'm not, I'm at no point am I going, man, I feel like that was appropriate. Not at all. It's one of those things that it happened. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured. Punishments were handed down and the whole process. And it, it really doesn't come up that much anymore well, when you see face or name or something like that. It, it is mentioned at times uh, and it's still probably a highlight clip that's looked at. So anyway, so now all, that all being said, there is a time and a place to throw a punch. There is. Those moments are few and far between. I, they're not common. There, there may be one in your life, and, and some guys may ha never have that happen, and, and, or, or other guys, there may be a few times that that takes place, just depending on where you grow up, the situation you're in, the situations you face, the people you're around, the nature and the nurture of your environment as you grow into a man, and then from then on, but the point is, those moments do exist, and a, as a man, there will here I wrote, as a man, there will likely be a point in your life when that moment comes, and I personally would like to have appropriately prepared my child for said event when he, as he is growing, if that does take place. So it questions, so my son's name is Dax, and in here I said, has Dax ever been in a fight? Yes, a few of them already. He's 12. Uh, his first fight happened in preschool. There was a kid in his class that was consistently picking on him, and he would come home and tell me that uh, his, the, the kid's name was Dylan, and he always called him the bully Dylan. So I never heard of Dylan referred to other outside the name of the bully Dylan was what Dax always called him. And I think he was – Dax was three uh, when that was going. Oh, I, I said that. He was three. So this keeps happening, and he would come home, tell me that, um, that Dylan had hit him, and after the third time of him telling me this and us taking it to the teachers at the preschool, and um, here, I got to read this. After the third time of him telling me this, us taking the teachers at preschool and then the event happening again. So it, it was a repetitive thing and it wasn't being taken care of. Dax and I began to discuss when it's okay to fight and I began to teach him how to punch somebody. So I didn't want him just wailing around if he ended up getting in a fight at the age of three. So I bought some boxing gloves because as I was teaching him, I got tired of him hitting me uh, with his left. He's left-handed. And so it was like, I was catching a le left hook to the face with no padding. And I was, it started to be like, golly, this is starting to hurt my face. So now what happened next was not on purpose. And we had to go back and reteach some things uh, as it pertains to fighting. And we had just, so the Bully Dylan event was happening. We were in the DFW area. Then we moved and went to Austin, and I was working at a church there. And shortly after we got gotten there, he was now four. Uh, he had a birthday in, in between Bully Dylan 
us moving to Austin. And there we were. So my wife walks up, her name is Ryan. She comes and gets me after church and says, Hey, your son got in a fight today in Sunday school. I'm like a month in, you know, working on this, on this staff. <laughs> my son who's four ends up in a fist fight <laughs> in Sunday school. And now at this point you're questioning like, wait, why you keep you were saying to begin with you're not advocating and those moments don't come often and at the same time your four-year-old is in a fight in sunday school it gets worse so she comes your son got in a fight today in sunday school and ah come on my headphones are changing or my mic's changing no don't stop doing that i i record with zoom on my computer and it at times says it's changing microphones to a mic that wasn't even hooked up sorry so she comes up and says hey your son got in a fight today in Sunday school with a girl <laughs> I'm like oh awesome so at four Dax was still struggling to understand who it was okay to punch and who was not in kindergarten there was a uh, a little girl so this is like so at now five he's in kindergarten uh, he was upset. There was a girl that liked him and she really irritated him. Like she drove him crazy. Uh, he was always kind, but she still drove him nuts and she had broken something of his. And so we, I paused that story for one second. I had gone back and we had talked about, Hey, you cannot hit a girl. Doesn't matter. Um, and, and we discussed with his sister, like you cannot hit, like you can't punch your sister. You can't do that. Like, that's not okay. And so as we're teaching him as a four-year-old, he gets to middle or gets gets to preschool, not middle school, five-year-old in middle school, gets to preschool. Golly, words are hard. Gets to kindergarten. He's in kindergarten. This little girl that drives him crazy breaks something of his. He get, he's frustrated about it, and he obviously knows I can't do I can't hit this person, nor should you hit anybody because something got broke on accident. But his, his best friend at the time is like, that's all right, man, like taps him on the shoulder while he turns around and just clocks this kid in the face. Clearly, we're not doing things right at that point. And how are we teaching him? Because here's what it's translating to. Now, what we had done, we had gone from I'm getting picked on and punched and I don't know what to do about it to now on the other side of things, I am. I, I am over responding or i'm overreacting to what's going on i gotta pause this for one second okay sorry i had to do something for ryan on my phone i always get a phone call or a text in the middle of of a blog post with her so the point is we have gone through uh we had gone through a phase of okay he's getting picked on doesn't know how to respond He's now learning to respond. Now he's over responding in situations. And so we're having to go back and reteach. Okay, what am I doing? How am I, how is this happening? I don't want you to, to be afraid to fight when it is necessary, but I also want you to understand there is a time and a place and those moments are, are not quick uh, or, or the, the moment actually is quick, but those don't happen that often. It's not a, a reoccurring thing that's going to be all the time. It's going to be something that's very, very rare. And so we have had this ongoing conversation now of when it's okay to fight and when it's not okay to fight. And it's a part of, as I sat down uh, a few years ago, probably 
I guess it was seven years ago, six, seven years ago, I sat down and began to strategically map out what am I teaching my son and what was the outline in which I was doing that on like on purpose. And so that intentionally on purpose, there's a big plan of I am raising you to be a man. And so that's the intention. Like I, I have an intention of raising a man. And then the on purpose pieces are what am I doing on a daily basis to move the needle or to move the ball down the field or move the needle closer to that to close the gap in you are a boy right now and you're going to be a man. So here are the things I'm doing on purpose that move you to where the intention was. I, my hope is that you look like this as a man from the efforts that I made to, to help get you there in the nurturing part. Now, nature, he, he's going to, he's going to grow into who he is. His body's going to grow the way that it's going to grow uh, naturally. And then the nurturing part of what we do in the weight room and what do I feed him and how do I teach him on that? And then how does he respond to that? And, and those two things, you know, marrying and, and working together. So he is going to be who he's going to be because of his personality. And at the same time, how I help set traject and navigate is going to help steer the direction on where we're going. Why? Because I'm dad and I happen to be the most influential figure from birth to death for him that there is. Dad just is that in general. That's another conversation. So as I'm doing this, I sat down and said, what am I strategically teaching? And so I tried to pare it down and go, I'm going to simplify to here are the things that have to be true that I can go back and go, what are we talking about on the way home? What are we... um, what do we keep coming back to when things happen, when we have conversations, when we're correcting, when we are correcting or directing or whatever it is we're doing. And so simplifying down to, okay, you, when it's all over, I want you to be honest, like as a man, what is the most important thing you can be? I think it's honesty and honesty obviously deals in your integrity, meaning it plays into your work ethic. It plays into you, how you, uh, handle yourself. People are like integrity is what you are when no one's around. I would push further and go integrity is you're the person who owns your mistakes all the time. You don't have to be perfect. It, it isn't about how you acted in every situation, but how did you handle the situations where you missed? That's where integrity really does show up and go, man, did I, did I do something? Like, did I sin? And if I did, did I confess that appropriately? Did I, if I cheated on a math test, people would be like, that's a lack of integrity. Yeah. But the guy that walked in and then goes, Hey, I cheated on this test and confesses that to a math teacher. That's a whole new level of integrity. And so that, that's my argument is that we're affording kids the opportunity to be kids, to make mistakes. But at the same time, I'm teaching you, what do I do when I do make a mistake? That's a, that's a first John concept. Hey, children, I'm writing you this letter so that you might not sin. But if you do know that you have Jesus Christ, the righteous one that stands between you and the father to advocate for you. And then goes on and says, Hey, confess your sins, uh, for he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and cleanse us. So that's a John, that's a first John concept. If you have no idea, I, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. Uh, I look and go, where do I find wisdom? I find it from scripture. That's where I find the like where's the moral compass based there How, what do i teach my son based out of the wisdom that i find there why because i believe jesus is real and i i'm all in so when i refer to those things that's why so that you know and so so that's one piece is i want you to be honest why because i mean, i think that is the most important thing number two what's your what's your number one job in life to protect women 
So, and then we, and then we talk about who is that? Like who's number one on the list, my sister, who's number two, my mom, who's number three, anybody that's around me that needs protecting at that time, whether that's a man, a woman, a child, doesn't matter. And the, and then that leads into, is it ever okay to fight? Yes. When to protect somebody or to protect and, and to protect, to protect myself is a part of that. But then we talk about, as we flesh that out more, we unpack that more, or we just discuss it more, however you want to say that, the conversation is, does that happen often? No, it doesn't. Can you usually navigate those situations with kindness and uh, gentleness, the way that you use your words? Absolutely, you can. And so, for example, we're in a quarterfinal game this last year, and he's on the sidelines with me and uh, he's got a few buddies that they are the ball boy for our team, ball boys for our team. And they'll kind of shift like, okay, who's working this quarter? Who's watching the game? Who's hanging out? And so it was the second half. He wasn't ball boying at that time because a couple of his buddies were, that was their I don't quarter or half or however they had worked it out. I don't know how they work it out. They handle it. And so he's hanging out on the sidelines. Well, he actually, he runs over to me. I'm in the middle of coaching. He grabs me. He's like, Hey dad, my buddy is calling me. He's over there. Uh, another part of the stadium and uh, he needs some help there's a group of boys from the other school who are ye like yelling at girls in my class and like they're cussing at them and stuff like that I, so I'm like I, yeah go help your buddy so he runs over there well he comes back like five minutes later and he's like dad I need help like there's like nine of them and they're like dropping f-bombs and they're saying all kinds of stuff to the girls in my class so there's kids from this other school who are cursing out girls that are 11, 12 years old, to which my son is like that there's something wrong here. And that's not okay. And, and I don't remember if it was, I don't remember if he came and got me or he called me. And then he came and got me. I don't remember there was, there was a process of trying to find resolution that he was trying to step in. And he when he the last time he got me, whether it was one or two, I don't remember. He said, Dad, like, I need your help. And like there's a group of them and there's one of me what do you want me to do and so thankfully a timeout got called because i'm on the sidelines coaching so i i am a position coach and i can't just walk off in the middle of a game to go handle a situation like that timeout gets called i've got 30 seconds and so i turn i begin to walk that way i'm like okay obviously like if when it's my son pretty much everything else is on pause and Luckily, there was a moment, so I start to walk that direction. A dad of a player who I'm very close with was standing there, grabs me. He's like, hey, what do you need? I'm like, something's going on. I'm not sure. Can you help him? And so they go handle the situation. Um, Ryan gets a phone call later from my buddy who went to help him and was like, hey, listen, I just want you to, like, you need to be proud of him today because like, he stepped in. Did, he didn't get violent. He, he told me he pushed a kid, uh, but like he didn't throw punches. It was a, you know, he did the best he could to navigate with words, but also standing up for him and being like, like, this isn't right. You're not going to do that. That no way. Uh, and, but also understanding like, man, I can't, I'm not going to throw down with nine guys. So I'm going to get some help to try to, how do we navigate the situation? So he was in practice of a protecting those who need it understanding what's right and wrong and standing in between it. And at the same time, navigating and going, uh, and I told him when he ran off, I was like, do not get in a fight tonight. And so, so there was that of like, it, we're not there. 
we are not there. And at the same time, I'm sure if seven of them would have jumped on a buddy and started throwing punches, he probably, he would have jumped in and would have been in the middle of it, even though Ted don't get in a fight as he runs off. But now navigated to that point, we've had enough conversations, had enough misses and trying to go back and correct to make sure he's navigating those situations correctly and understanding like there are times when again, only protect to protect others. So there it is. Like, when is it? Okay. I said, number one, only to protect, protect others. Number two, kind words prevent most fights. They just do. Number three, once you start punching, here's the other one. Like once you get into it, and this is why I told him once you're there, when it is punches are thrown and you are in the fight, don't stop until somebody pulls you off. And a mom's probably like, I'm sorry, what? As you're teaching a young boy to be a man, and you are teaching him the idea of protection, when the line is crossed, very few and far between moments. Like, there aren't many. And at the same time, as you are teaching your son, it is only for protection. It's only for those who are around you that need to be protected. Once it's there, the protection of them physically is I am, I'm, I'm going until somebody yanks me off of here. And now you're thinking like that can be very dangerous. Um, and at the same time, you're going to know, like, if you just knock somebody out, I'm not going to keep wailing on them. That's not, that's not the point. But the point of my, he's 12, he's not going to knock anybody out if he gets into something. So to know, like, once it's there, it's going to keep going until somebody stops it. And the two, the parties involved aren't the stoppers. It has like somebody else has to, to, to pull that out and it has to pull like, okay. And which will happen. And that's very consistent. Again, these are fair. Like this was, they're like, this is a line that you're like, where is the line? And it's like, is there a gray area? Is it black? Is it white? It is, uh, are all situations different? All of those things. Again, I'm a mom. All words can be used. Most of the time, the majority of the time, that is absolutely true. And there are a few moments when it's not. So the conversation with us goes like this. I'm like, hey, bud, uh, wait, where are we at? I got I to gotta back up a little bit and then read again. I want Dax to know that in general, in life, it's only okay to fight when you're protecting someone. And yes, that someone can be you if it's necessary. The point is, as I raise a man and not a boy, I've tried to build a list of things that we want to revisit on a regular basis. I've already done this. I just told you all this stuff a second ago. If you want to go back and read it, the list is there. It's uh, stellafellow.com backslash family backslash son. It's okay to fight. Or you can just go to family and it's one of the top ones. Got some boxing gloves. You're not going to miss it. Um, full conversation, a list. You steal, take, whatever. You use any of it that you want to use. Don't care. Um the point is, I want Dax to be honest. I want him to be a protector. And then three, I want him to be a peacemaker and a fighter. And I want him to know what the difference is. You Like, wait, you are a peacemaker and a fighter? Absolutely, you can be both. Uh, Jesus was both. And, what that, and that was displayed very clearly on multiple occasions. So the point is, uh, as we as dads, uh, we're the ones that teach our boys. We're the ones that are raising men, not boys. So we should probably act like it. If you don't have a plan or don't make plans, maybe maybe you should. I, I'm not a planner. When I the room that I'm sitting in right now, this uh this used to be a porch. 
and it was a, a porch that had that roof and then it had the the concrete laid and then the steps into the house were there the door with the light coming through uh was the door that used to sit right there and then i pulled that window out it's just an open space and a desk and it when I got ready to build this building, I called my dad or to build this space. I called my dad and I was like, Hey dad, I need you to come down. I am starting tomorrow. And he goes, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm starting tomorrow. Like grab some lumber, let's get going. And he's like, have you drawn it out? No. And he's like, son, you have to draw it out first. I was like that. That's not how I work, dad. Look, we're, we're doing it. He's like, son, this one's different. There's a lot more involved electricity wise, planning wise, you know, we're going to have to do some things as far as like, um, what am I trying to say? Insulation wise, and there's, there's a lot more layers to what we're doing. It's not a deck. It's not a patio. It's not a, uh, you know, all the other things that we've done before. It's not the garage where we're just ripping the ceiling out, decking, repainting. It's not a remodel job. We're actually constructing. And so maybe we should be a little more intentional about planning that out. And I was like, fine, I'll draw a square and start. And so we did, which very helpful. Uh, why? Because my dad is a planner and he's, he's much more strategic about how he's putting things together. He's very meticulous about leveling and square and all that kind of, which is awesome, but that takes planning. I don't do that. I'm not good at that kind of thing. As far as he's really good at visualizing, putting it down and then doing it. And so here's, here's a nature versus nurture. I grew up with a man who's a great planner, drawing it out, strategic, measuring, all that. he does not miss. And uh, I'm not like that. However, that's the, that's the nature part. Like he and I got two different personalities when it comes to that. But the nurturing side of it, growing up with somebody who could build anything, I'm not afraid to try to build anything. And so the nature part is I'm not a planner, but the nurture part is we're busting out, we're going and we're getting this done. We're building this thing, whether it's a, you know, we're working on a car, tearing something apart, redoing, remodeling, fixing, get in there. It's something's broke. He is able to go clean slate, build it. I am able to go, got to outline something's broke, problem solve, fix it. And I got that from him, but we approach it differently because of our different personalities or the variances of our personalities. We have similar, but different variances of that same personality. And so as, as far as I am strategically directing my son somewhere, I can't control exactly what he's going to look like, nor do I want to, nor should I. But I can go, I'm setting the trajectory. So had I not had the nurturing of a builder, fixer, problem solver, my natural personality probably wouldn't have that piece to it if I didn't have that training and teaching, but I do have it because of said nurturing. Pausing again. Sorry. It's a longer, this is a longer, I guess it's not that long. It's only 28 minutes right now. I've had two different. Okay. I got to pause because of text messages. So picking back up here, we remember words are hard again. Okay, we're raising men, not boys, so we should act like it. If you don't have, maybe you should be a planner. In this one, I had to become a planner because of the level of importance. This room, I had to plan because the level of strategy that it takes to actually do this and to do it well and to not waste a lot of time, space, money, and uh, material. Same thing with a kid. Like, that's a big deal. I was raising a man. So we, re we remember what we repeatedly hear and what we repeatedly see by those who influence us the most in life. So whatever your son as a dad, whatever your son 
repeatedly hears and sees is what he's going to take. What he repeatedly hears and sees is what he's going to take in life as a trajectory from you. If that's kindness, protection, uh, genuine love, care, and putting the wife, your wife, like on a pedestal and like, dear goodness, this woman, that's what he's going to see and take. If he sees anger and outburst and yelling and frustration and stress and uh, chase after money and success in, uh, in that like consuming way, that's what he's going to take. So, and that's a big deal. That's, that is a new blog post right there or a new podcast or at least a dad shorts. So, um, again, dad, you're the number one influence at this point. You may not know it or you may, but this is the most important thing you're ever going to do. Raising your son to be a man, raising your daughter to be a woman is going to be the most important thing you ever do. Not just because it's your legacy, like who cares about your legacy? Like that doesn't even flip and matter. It's your son. Like raise him. And like I heard a message. Uh, a was it a message? It was a buddy of mine. Uh, his name's Jonathan Pacluda. He's in Waco at Harris Creek, and giving a message about the whole like legacy of being remembered. Or actually, it wasn't it. He was he was taking that, and making a point in it, and made the point of like like nobody's gonna remember your name. Which, if you ever saw, uh, what was that movie with Brad Pitt, um, Troy, when there's a little boy who's like, he comes to get Brad Pitt to go fight this huge guy. And he's, the little boy's like, I wouldn't want to fight him. And he's like, that's why no one will remember your name. And that idea of the thing that drove that character Achilles in that storyline was, I want to be remembered. I want my name to be remembered for all eternity. I want it to be echoed for thousands of years. That won't happen. That's not, that's not going to be us. Like people won't remember us. And like our kids' kids, my kids' kids will remember me. I remember and know my grandfather's name. I know. I know his name and his nickname and his birthplace, what he did and what kind of father he was. I know, I intimately know those details about Tex. I intimately know those details about Pete. Those are my, those are my two grandpas. Clayton Gale was Pete, Pistol Pete, and uh, uh, Calton was Tex. I like I. Their dads, I don't know their names. And uh, Pete's dad, my dad's grandfather, they were both of his granddads. He was very close with uh, that one in particular, though taught him all that he knew about being a mechanic, about working with his hands and building things. He learned all that from his granddad, and I don't know his name. It's, it's that quick. And, and, that's, and, and that man deeply influenced the man who then deeply influenced me. And I don't know his name. So the point isn't that your legacy continues. It, the point is, if it's your son or if it's your daughter or however many kids you have, it, it's, just, it's just about them. What I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm giving you, where I'm setting, it, it's about you. 
and that's it. And, and what is my desire for them to walk in? take with so uh proverbs 21 31 the horse is made ready for the day of battle but victory belongs to the lord i now have that tattoo uh on my left bicep and uh i i took that verse in inappropriate or not i don't it's just not a verse that i preach i'm like hey here's what this verse says that's not it at all but so that verse is very clearly a proverb of and we prepare horses for war and at the same time like we get them ready we get them ready to go in to respond to react to be able to keep composure when things go wrong not only that when owner dies in battle i know how to get home so all those things that were taught into a war horse um and at the same time understanding as solomon wrote that proverb knowing like victory belongs to the lord like he has already set and knows and so i'm going to do the best i can and then i'm going to trust that the outcome of what this is is what god desires i look at that and then i use that as a motivation and a translate for me of the broad concept I'm going to do the very best at what I can at building into who I've been influenced for, for intense situations or significant or like deeply important war is a big deal. And it was back then too. Raising a son is a big deal. Molding a life for life is a big deal. And so I'm going to do the best I can at the same time. I'm going to trust that Jesus has, has control of it all. And so the the motto I use from that is raise a war horse. Why? Because uh, it's a reminder for me that it's my job to raise a man that's a man. Uh, not to raise a man that's a boy, but to raise a man that's a man, a man that's gentle but unrelenting, is controllable but only by the one in control. This is deep. Who makes peace and war when it is called for is a provider and a protector, is able to speak words of wisdom but also hear the rebukes of that same wisdom who's not afraid to leave but also knows the way home a man that will live his life devoted to the one true god a man who will one day raise another man to do the same i'm getting choked up this is i some there are fragments of time when i write and it's like oh there's some deep emotion in that um and so i but i can trust that god I can trust that God will use that man in whatever way that he sees fit. But my job is to remain the same. Uh, be what I want him to be. And then tell him about it always. And ask him to forgive me when I don't get it right. It's like, if, I, if I'm just taking that paragraph and going, here's what I'm trying to do as a dad. This is it. If I'm going to accomplish that, I have to have a plan. I have to be strategic and I have to repeatedly do it and be it over and over and over and over again. Enjoy being, he's like, that's snap. There's, I always did a peace out sign when I would blog for Stella fellow, like, see you later. Uh, and so it brought the, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you're listening to this, I'm snapping and giving a peace sign for no reason. So if you got a thought, question, argument, whatever, I'm more than happy to engage with you. Send me an email at the dad's guide to parenting at gmail.com. I hope you have a great day 
and check us out on the dadguidestoparenting.com. You can check us on YouTube. This is actually all in the outro. I need to stop talking. Thank you for listening today, listening or watching or reading. If you want to see that blog and read it and take any of that, like screenshot it, take the outline, whatever you want to do, it is stellofellow.com backslash family backslash son slash it slash okay slash two slash fight. Just go to family, click on the one that's got the Gatorade bottle and the boxing gloves. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dad's Guide to Parenting. You can catch the video versions on YouTube. Audio is on Spotify, Apple Podcast, as well as Anchor, which is where I host these at. You can also see the website at www.thedadsguidetoparenting.com. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great day and we will see you.